Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Brian, and along with Jeff, we are the hosts of this program. Greetings and welcome to the Bible Questions podcast program. You've got your regular hosts with you today, Jeff and Brian. Today we're going to be doing kind of part two of a podcast we did last time with a special guest, our preacher, Alan Hitchin. Alan, you want to take a, a few moments to just very briefly review what was back in uh, part one? Yeah, in uh, the, the podcast that we did for the final week of 2023, we talked about the tremendous opportunity it is each passing year to look at our lives and make assessments regarding where we are, where we hoped we'd be, and where we want to be. And so in our previous podcast, we talked about the opportunities that each passing year gives us to reflect on how far we've come. And so this podcast, we wanted to talk about what kind of plans we want to make for the future. How do we want to make sure that when we end 2024, things look a lot better than they did at the end of 2023? And I know this is, you know, somewhat a fairly common practice, at least here in the United States, where we make quote unquote New Year's resolutions. And sometimes that's really kind of a joke. You know, we make all kinds of promises and within, you know, a week or a couple of weeks, you know, they're forgotten or we've gone back to, you know, old habits. But for what we're talking about in, in this podcast are more important. You know, particularly in terms of you know spiritual destiny and where we're going to wind up uh, after you know this life is over. Brian, did you want to have any uh, any comments before we uh, turn out and loose to get us rolling? I know. I'm look forward to looking ahead. So have at it, Alan. There you go. Go for it. Well, as we pointed out uh, in the previous podcast, and uh, maybe we just jump to that verse. Um, Brian, would you like to read Psalms chapter 90, verses uh, 10 through 12? Here it says, The days of our lives are seventy years, and if by reason of strength they are eighty years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This psalm presents something that the sooner we learn it, and the sooner we incorporate it into our lives, the more productive and the happier I think we're going to be as Christians. And the idea basically is that we are on a journey. And each, each year is a milepost on that journey. And we cannot stop the time that is passing. We can only use it wisely. Or, as Jesus points out in the parable of the sower, we can get caught up in the cares of the world, desires of other things, and and opportunities and goals that we plan, suddenly we reach the end of a year. And if we don't take a moment like we're doing right now to stop and reflect and say, say to ourselves, okay, this is where I said I wanted to be, where am I? And this is what I had hoped to accomplish. You know, Jesus said in the parable of the treasure in the field that we sell all that we have. But sadly, sometimes we, we return to it. So whenever we plan a trip, at least I do, I, I try to figure out, okay, how long is it going to take me to get to this place, and what would I like to do when I get there? 
And then as the trip progresses, sometimes the challenges occur, you get a flat tire or something happens and you're behind schedule. But uh, God has given us the same thing with our lives. And so as we look at our lives, you know, am I 10 this year? Am I 50 this year? Am I 80 this year? Well, those are mileposts and they're telling me I'm getting closer and closer and closer to the end. And the, the destination that we're going to, as Hebrews chapter 9 points out, it is appointed unto man once to die. After that, the judgment. And we have one chance to stand before God on the judgment day, faithful and zealous and pleasing to God. And if we fall short of that, as Jesus says, we're going to be weeping, gnashing our teeth in agony. And so... I just like as a preacher, as a as a Christian, as someone who has to do it himself and wants to encourage other people to give it some thought, reflect on this. We are on a journey that will end in eternity, and we have opportunities. We don't want to squander them. Um, and then might also throw in something we mentioned a little bit in uh, back in part one, where you know, Psalms 90 might talk in terms of uh, 70 years, 80 years, which is not that far different than our normal, you know, lifespans uh, in today's world. Right. And yet, I think as you observed in our last podcast, you know, there's no guarantee of that. You know, our lives are, you know, short as a vapor, somewhat unpredictable, actually very unpredictable. And you never can tell, you know, whether or not, you know, in the next year month next few minutes you know car accident heart attack whatever or the return of jesus so this is something we need to be uh, you know pay special attention to no and that just adds even more gravity to what we're dealing with here i've i've met people i'm sure many of our listeners have met people who plan to become a christian or plan to become more zealous but they're going to wait until they're in their 40s or 50s so that they can enjoy their youth as they like to think of it, and then uh, they die, and you just agonize over it. I had a good friend once, I was 19, and we were talking, and he said, you know, this is very interesting, and come back to me in four or five years, and uh, I'd like to talk. Well, he was killed in a car accident the next year, and it just it's just agonizing. And, and so, I again, encourage our listeners, you know, we make plans but God knows when our end is, and we need to be ready when that day comes. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting also, I find in myself as I get older, you hear sometimes about people near the end of their life, they look back and they have regrets. And they say, I wish I had done. And as it relates to Ephesians 2.10, right, that God created us to do good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We certainly don't want to be in a position where we can no longer effectively do some of the work, maybe because of health problems or because of procrastination, but also just because we haven't put thought into it, right? Like, hey, what did I do last year? Okay, what can I do this year? And to your point, set tangible goals to, to what you can do for the Lord. That's exactly what we're trying to accomplish in this podcast, and not only for our listeners, but also for ourselves. As I said earlier, it's so easy to get caught up in the things of this life. God made such a beautiful creation, and there's so many wonderful, and they're not sinful things. They're just things that we can get involved in, but sometimes they carry us away from the 
great priorities and responsibilities that we've taken on when we've said that we believe Jesus is the Christ and he's our Lord and he's going to direct our lives. And so sometimes the choice is made without even thinking about it. We just, we get a new hobby, uh, we get involved in a new job, we get involved with our families and suddenly years pass and goals are forgotten. And that brings me to a, a verse that I've always been very impressed with and as, as we're going to see, you can sense the frustration from the Holy Spirit that he has expectations and they haven't met them. And so, Jeff, would you like to read Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12? And of course, for our listeners, the, the context there is, you know, Paul, or the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to convey some meaty kinds of uh, information to them, specifically regarding uh, Melchizedek and the priesthood of Melchizedek. Verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. And, you know, sometimes in my uh, you know, young adult class, I'll point out the obvious problem of a, you know, five-year-old, ten-year-old who is still, you know, drinking milk and has not begun to take, you know, solid food, is not able to take solid food, and you go, well, you know, something seriously is wrong with the person, likewise in the spiritual realm. Right. And I think what God is portraying here is what every parent understands, and that is when you send your child to school, there are certain benchmarks that they have to reach. And every year there's tests, and each year those tests are given, because when by that time they should know the specific set of information. And so uh, the, the expression here, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, tells me, and it ought to tell all of our listeners, that God has expectations just like every parent does. Every parent has expectations that their children will grow from being an infant to becoming a productive part of their culture by a certain period of time, and in between, there are certain things that have to be done. And he, of course, concludes this section in verses 13 and 14 by saying that solid food is for those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So God's expectation is that in the 70 to 80 years we have in this life, and of course, not all of us become a Christian when we're born. As a matter of fact, none of us do. But so let's just change the modification a little bit there to we have 60, 50 to 60 years of being a Christian. And God has expectations. He has needs. You know, Jesus came to this earth because mankind had needs that he wanted to fulfill. When he left heaven, he left it to his followers to help him in this, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to work with the people of God and strengthen them. And if we don't move from no knowledge of the scriptures into being able to work with these things, then God's going to feel the same way about us. He's, he's interested, I won't say the word anxious, but he's very intensely interested in us moving from infancy to being useful to him in this kingdom. And so there's a time. There's a time that should pass. Is it five years? Is it three years? Is it one year? Well, I suspect it's different for each of us because each of us have different opportunities and different abilities. But there is going to be a time where God is going to say, you have squandered your time. You should be able to do this. And it may not be a teacher. It may be something else. But, but the point is, 
here is 2023 ending, 2024 beginning. Here I am at the beginning of another section of the race I get to run as a Christian, and I get this opportunity to look back and say, here's how far I got, and it's not nearly as far as I wanted to, so what am I going to do next year? What am I going to do this coming year to make sure I don't end this year just like the other year? But again, as, as, as I say, you can sense the frustration for both, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you. And I wonder sometimes how many times God feels that way about me in the areas where maybe I'm still not doing as well as I could be doing. And, and God's saying, well, you know, it's it's the reason's very simple. You're just not taking advantage of your opportunities. So God has a clock and he has an understanding of how far we should get with the passing of each year. And we need to be interested in that. And that's that's really what this podcast is all about. So then God gives us his advice. When the cares of this world, when we, when we wake up one day and we say to ourselves, wow, I have really drifted. I made my goals, I set my plans, but definitely the cares of the world, the job, the, the home, the raising of the children, the hobbies, the even sinful desires, the cares of the world, it chokes out the plans. Procrastination, priorities we have forgotten, the passing of the years. But God doesn't say to give up. He tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we, we, have a, we still have a chance. As long as this heart is beating, we still have a chance. Uh, Brian, you want to read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 for us? Here it says, Therefore we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yeah, you know, Alan, I like how you just frame that as far as, you know, things that can occupy our life. No doubt, as it's mentioning here, it could be certainly sin that ensnares us and keeps us from becoming more mature, doing the work of the Lord. But sometimes it can be just things like you mentioned, raising a family. Maybe we have a job that's demanding and it requires a lot of our time. And so in some respects, we can lose sight of the fact that our time is being so consumed with family, jobs, hobbies, whatever, that it doesn't leave us a lot of time for doing the Lord's work. And so we want to be conscious of that. And, and it is a weight, right, that if we're conscious of, we can help to shed that and prioritize what God would like us to do as something that's very important. Yeah, and that's that's why we have this great cloud of witnesses. Of course, remember where this is. This is right after Hebrews 11. And so we have a cloud of witnesses. We have men and women who are mentioned in chapter 11, and many even who are not mentioned. But we see their lives, and we see how, in one way or another, they squandered. I mean, we watch David just being the man after God's own heart, and then suddenly on a rooftop, watching a woman bathe, he squanders so much of what he had, and he loses a lot of time. And I see that. He's a, he's a witness. But did he quit? No. Did he, did he fall away? No. He laid aside the weights. He repented of the sin. And then he got back up, and he started running again. And Apostle Paul, the same thing. Paul thought that he was just the greatest servant of God, and then suddenly one day on the road to Damascus, 
he realizes how much time he's wasted, how many realms of, of life that he has squandered and thrown away and, and can't go back and fix. And he even in Second Timothy, he's still calling himself the chief of sinners. He's still looking upon himself as less than the least of all the saints because he's so disappointed in himself that he squandered and wasted so much of his energy and time doing things that were contrary to God's will. And, but here he is, and, and so many others in the scriptures who started off well and then found themselves where they didn't expect to be. And so we need to do that. And here it is. We're, we're winding down on a year. We're starting a new year. What weights do we need to lay aside? Let's not let another year go by. Let's lay aside those weights. What sin is ensnaring us and keeping us from, from this race, running with this with, with endurance, the race that is set before us? And so, once again, we have the idea. If we have 70 years, we have 80 years. With each passing milepost, we've run another leg of the race. And here we are now, many of us, many years after becoming a Christian, and we're looking at our lives, and God says, I want you to look at these things. I want you to think about when by reason of time, where should I be? Am I there? Is God happy with me? Is he frustrated with me? Do I have weights to set aside? Do I have sin that is besetting me? These are things that God is hoping that we won't wait until the end of this life when he has to tell us what we should have done. He's hoping that Lessons like this, uh, periods of time in our lives where we're brought up short, somebody we love dies, some financial setback, some health problem, and suddenly we get spiritual again. We start thinking about life after death, and we start thinking about these priorities. And then, uh, But like I said, it, we don't want to wait for things like that. What we'd like to do is have a planned set of circumstances. Like I say, when you're on a journey, you say, here's where I'd like to be at this time, and here's where I'd like to be at this time. And that's what good Christians are doing. That's how Christians look at life. Uh, they're intensely interested in it. Well, and we made the point back in part one that I'll go ahead and make again here in part two, where you know we can easily recognize that in the language, the literal language of Hebrews 12, about you know running a race you know whether you're you know high school track or college athletics or Olympic games well, we recognize that there are things that can kind of bog you down as well as things that can harm you from a training athletic diet exercise perspective and you know we rec we recognize that if you're really going to be a, a polished athlete highly competitive running the race particularly endurance races you're going to, you know, be mindful of these things. Well, even more so in the spiritual realm, which, you know, I, I appreciate the language there in Hebrews 12. Yeah, as do I. And, and it's interesting you're bringing that up. I wasn't going to deal with this less, uh, this verse in this uh, podcast. We talked a little bit about it in the last one, but Paul actually uses the very analogy that you're talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He talks about people competing and exercising self-control. They do it for a perishable crown, and then he makes the application. We need to be doing this because we're running toward an imperishable crown. We could lose it, and we need to be careful. We need to be exercising self-control, and that's really what the rest of this podcast can be talking about is, you know, what should we be doing, and then making the assessment of whether we need to do them or not. But before we get to there, um, Brian, would you like to read Romans 13, verses 11 and 12? Yes, here it says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. 
The night is far spent. The day is at hand. So once again, you see the urgency here. You know the time. We don't know. We could die this year. We could die in 2024. But even if we don't, there are things that we are rushing toward, and we know the time. And it's time to wake up. Some of us are sleepy. Uh, and, and I don't think any of us are fully awake. And one of the responsibilities of Christians is to make that assessment. How would I know I'm asleep if I'm asleep? And so the only way I can know is by reading through the scriptures to see, am I sleepy in the spiritual realm? Am I sleepy in the moral realm? Am I sleepy in prayer? Am I sleepy in worship? Am I sleepy in the uh, evangelism, the, the desire I have to help my friends, loved ones, and friends, and neighbors? And But maybe I've gotten a little sleepy, so it's time to wake up. And because we have one less year, and like it or not, whether you're in your 20s or whether you're in your 80s, 2023 is gone, 2024 is beginning, and before you know it, 2024 will be ending. And how do we want that year to end is the question that that I like to ask at the beginning of the year so that at the end of the year, I can make an assessment. How did I do? Did I get where I wanted to get? Jesus was really concerned about this. I mean, there, there are probably seven or eight parables that he has given to create the urgency that Christians need to have. The grace of God is a wonderful blessing, but it is not a reason to be lax or to be slothful or to be squandering time. The parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25 really sets this forth. Jeff, would you like to read verses 14 and 15, please? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Now, just a quick side comment for, for some of our listeners who may stumble at the word talent. In this particular case, it's not a skill. It's more a unit or weight of money or wealth that expected them to do business with. The application of parables obvious. Jesus is the man who delivered his goods and went on the journey. Jesus is at the right hand of God right now, and he has given us, he calls, God says, I've made him head over the church, which is his body. You and I are his hands, his feet, his mouth, his everything that Jesus needs to have done, he wants his servants to do. And so according to our ability, we have the opportunity to make gain. Well, what kind of gain are we talking about? Well, we're talking about evangelism, gaining souls. Uh, gaining souls for the Lord and uh, gaining spiritual growth and development for the Lord, helping other people along the way, benevolence, taking care of other people and their needs. There's lots of things that we can do. And our journey is in progress. And the sands of time passing on and so, like I say, this is a good time of the year to ask ourselves, what am I trading? And am I making any gain? I mean, we remember the end of the story, the five-talent man and the two-talent man, they traded and made gain. But that one-talent man, he, he just procrastinated. He got busy with other things. He hid it. He makes excuses at the end about how he didn't uh, trust God to give him a reward anyway. But the sad reality is, is that 
we have two kinds of Christians in the world today, and that's why I think that's the point of this. Just like the five, the five and foolish and wise virgins in the previous parable, there's going to be some of his servants who are prepared, and there's going to be some of his servants who squandered and wasted, and they they said, "Yes, I believe Jesus is the Lord," but they never did anything. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? He says in Luke six forty six, and not do the things that I say. So we have this wonderful opportunity which is rushing by us. And some people uh, are being circumspect, and maybe 2024 is going to be the year after a podcast like this where we all sit down and we look over these things and we make some changes so that we don't have to hear you wicked and slothful servant, because that's how he speaks to. He talks about well done, good and faithful servant versus you wicked and slothful servant. And then he says, Cast him into the outer darkness. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want you to hear that. You certainly don't want to hear that. So these are things that we need to think about because there's a lot of realms where we can trade and make gain. Uh, This is basically what the Lord calls a stewardship. And a steward is someone who is put in a position to work with someone else's possessions to try to to, uh, gain for them. That's our role as God's children and serving him to do that, which we can. Yeah, and when you think about the wide range of things that we can do for the Lord, it's pretty broad. And what I like about this parable is, as Jeff mentioned, it's talking about money, but it's a little ironic that it's also talking about literal talent in the sense that, you know, we use the abilities that God has blessed us with to increase the works that we can do for others, increase our knowledge. And often when it comes to the truth, we certainly understand that starts with teaching people the truth, but it's not limited to that, right? We can do, whether it's giving someone our time and our encouragement, maybe it's somebody that's in a false religion and we sit down and reason with them from the scriptures to help them understand why what they're believing is contrary to God's will, all the while finding different ways to do the good works, once again, that God prepared that we should do. So I really like how God, in many respects, leaves it up to us based on what we're capable of doing and at the same time challenging ourselves to broaden what we're capable of doing so that we can do a lot of different kinds of work in the Lord's kingdom. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent way of, of putting it. And as I said earlier, it's just crucial that we recognize the position God has put us in his kingdom. We are needed. I mean, we are not just people who are converted and then, well, you just sit there in the corner and, and wait until I come. He needs us. When Jesus left, he needed the apostles. When Peter got up in Acts chapter 2, somebody had to do that. Somebody had to get up and preach that sermon. And when Stephen was put to death, became the first martyr, somebody needed to do that. And God picked a man who was prepared to do it. And throughout the history of God's people, uh, we see when, when a pivotal moment comes, when God needed an ark, he went and found Noah. And he asked Noah to build the ark, and Noah built the ark because God needed him to build that ark. Well, he needed in the time of Abraham, he needed a man to start a nation with. In the time of Moses, he needed a man to lead the children of Israel. We just don't know when the next need's going to arise, but we want to be the one that God's going to say, you're prepared, you've done what you want, excuse me, you've done what you needed to do. Just like Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, in a great house there are vessels of gold and silver and also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. 
If a man purges himself, he will be a vessel for honor, meet for the master's use, prepared for every good work. But you can see there that what's lacking is not on God's part. What's lacking is on our part. We have to be the ones to do this. And as I say, we've been a Christian now, many of us, for many, many years. And is God still saying, when by reason of time, there's things I need to do with you. There's things that I want you to do and to help me. And all the while, here we are off looking at our jobs, our homes, our possessions, our hobbies, our lives. And I hope you notice I'm saying our, 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 our. Well, it's not ours. It's actually God's. We are stewards. And God says, I've sent my son to die for you. I've given you the gospel. And these are your priorities now. And these other things you can be doing. God doesn't begrudge us having a family and raising children and all of those things. But at the same time, he still has expectations for us. Well, in some ways, we also might get trapped into, well, you know, if God asked me to do some, you know, great thing, oh, for sure, of course I would do that. Or looking for that, you know, really big thing to go do. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that, you know, as we're pointing out to our, our listeners, you know, it can be some words of encouragement. You know, it can be like mothers, you know, teaching their children or their grandchildren or their daughters-in-law, etc. can be, you know, small things. Yeah, excellent point. Jeff, would you like to read Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 for us? Because this kind of takes us to the next step on what I wanted to accomplish today in this podcast. Okay, so Paul writing to the Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so this is a plea. And and I've often, when I preach on this verse, I tell people this isn't something God will do for us. It's something we have to do for God. We come out of the water of baptism a new creation. We come out of the water of baptism forgiven, added to the church, part of his kingdom, a branch in the vine, uh, just on and on, a, a member in the body. And now here I am. And at some point in my Christian walk, I have to make this decision. Will I give God my body as a living sacrifice or won't I? And this is a key because as he points out, Paul points out a little later in 1 Corinthians 6, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, as I say, at the end of each year, I kind of like to sit down and, you know, as I say, they're, they're, we're a fleshly being and we're a spiritual being. And, and sometimes we get so focused on the material that we forget we're a spiritual being. And so from time to time, we just have to shake our heads and wake ourselves up. And as I say, I think a, a podcast like that, like this, at this time of year, is very, very helpful for us to make an assessment. Here's this command. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Where am I on that? When by reason of time have I reached where God would like for me to be? Or do I need to lay aside some weights and the sin and then once again start running with patience the race that is set before me, realizing that the cares of the world, the desires for other things can choke the word, and I don't want that to happen to me. And so, as I say, when we fall asleep, we have to be woken up. And this is a good time of year for a wake-up call. You know, take a look at your life. Take a look at where you are, where you hope to be, where you will be. 
and realize that this is our one chance and we don't want to squander any more time than we then we are foolish enough to squander. And so, as I say, this is just a good time for us to think about some of these things. Well, and especially considering that basically all of our very, you know, being, I mean, you know, within the two passages you read, Romans 12 and, and 1 Corinthians 6, you know, our bodies, our mind, our spirit, you can extend that to our time, our, our energy, our effort, our attention, et cetera. It's, it's an all-encompassing kind of thing, not just as some might say, well, yeah, I go to church on Sunday mornings and, you know, leave it at that. No, 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 far more than that. Yeah, Christianity is a 24-7, not a uh, once-a-week activity. And you, know, you make a good point there. I'd like for us to think, though, of something Jesus, the po a point Jesus made that uh, I think is really important. So, Brian, I want you to read John 15, 1 and 2, and then conclude with verse 8. Okay, here it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it, more, it may bear more fruit. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what you're going to cover here, Alan, but I was just, it's interesting, I was just thinking about this concept of the fruit being pruned in the sense that, you know, when you think about in the business place or in the, the athletic world, and you take somebody who is accomplishing what their employer or maybe if they're an Olympic athlete, you know, that their trainer wants them to accomplish. And they often are challenged to push themselves, if you will, or to challenge themselves to extend beyond what they're capable. And I was thinking about, well, what does that look like from a spiritual perspective? Well, that means you could be doing what God wants you to do, but are you satisfied with that? Or is there more that you can be doing? Can you continue to grow? And Sonny has, I read through this and it talked about pruning. Well, why is the plant pruned? So that it can grow more, right? So I think there's that element as well. And maybe that's what you intend on touching on. But anyhow, that crossed my mind as well as we were looking at this. Well, no, that's a good point. And no, I hadn't intended to, to talk about that. But that is an excellent point because that's what we're talking about here. I don't want God to have to intervene and bring some terrible cataclysm into my life to wake me up. I want the Word of God to do that, because those are the two ways God prunes. God can prune through a sermon where we are brought face to face and we cut it off ourselves, or he can prune by events in life where suddenly I've, I'm in a nation that has just fallen and there's nothing left, and now suddenly I'm going to start giving God the fruit. But who wants to be... Uh, forced to do something that God so wonderfully gave us the opportunity to do. And so Jesus is the vine. Uh, the Church of Christ is a body, and Jesus is the head of the body, and we are the members of the body. And they're both, both analogies are perfectly suited for emphasizing to each one of us that we have responsibilities that we need to take advantage of. If we're not producing fruit, then... God's going to have to prune us away. Uh, but if we are producing fruit, then we have God's promise. And who knows, maybe this podcast is just exactly what you need right now from God to realize, okay, there's some things I need to get rid of, and I need to get rid of them today.
because they're holding me back. And again, verse 8, my father is glorified if you bear much fruit, and you will be my disciples if you bear much fruit. But the key is, okay, how much fruit did I produce? This is the end of a year. What did I produce last year? What, what can I honestly say that I have brought into my life that I didn't have? And what is the fruit? I mean, has anybody been converted through me? Has anybody been strengthened? Has someone who was going to fall away been been uh, brought back? Uh, you know, you got the uh, the good shepherd who leaves the ninety and nine to go after the one. Have I ever done that? Have I am I praying and giving God the glory? Lots of ways to produce fruit, but again, this is a new year, and one year has passed. A new year is coming, and you know, there may be some listeners out there who are saying, you know, this is an excellent podcast because it's showing me that I've been doing exactly what I need to do. And and if that's the case, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to find people who are already working on these things. But I know that for myself, it's this is a good chance for me to do a reality check. And a lot of times I find myself a little disappointed that this year has gone by and things that had been hoped to be accomplished. So it's just a good chance to regroup and lay aside the weights and set a, get rid of any sin and then take a breath. And now let's jump into a new year. And the intensity of this, once again, and I just can't overemphasize how many times the scriptures that there's an urgency involved here. This is not just, well, when I get around to doing this or uh, I can put off tomorrow what I should do today. But Jesus gives us a perfect picture. And I just like for all of our listeners, as you're reading this verse, to ask yourself if this is me. So, Jeff, would you like to read Luke 12, verses 35 through 38? Starts off, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. When he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself, have them sit down to eat, will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And, you know, there's similar passages over in, uh, I think it's like Matthew 24, uh, chapter 24, 25, where it talks about, you know, you don't know. So therefore, you need to be ready because you don't know when your master is going to show up again. Well, that's right. He can show up at the second coming. He can show up at our death. Or we may be one of those fortunate ones that he's not going to show up until after after we die. And But regardless of when that should occur, the waist girded, it's kind of an interesting, this is a, uh, an, a use that we don't, many of us don't have today because we don't wear the long flowing robes that they wore during that day. And so when they got ready to work, they would take the, the long flowing robe and tie it around their waist so that it wouldn't be a hindrance to them. We have an expression here in our country, roll up your sleeves. But it, it portrays the idea of someone who's ready to work. If, if we're going to have a hard work to do or a hard job to do, we need to show up ready to work. We need to have our tools. We need to have our, the right kind of clothes. 
and the lamps burning again uh, is, is a description of somebody who is just ready and, and anxious to be working. And then in verse 36, be like men who wait for their master. So are we looking to Jesus day after day? If you come today, Lord, I'm going to be ready. Here's what I want to do today for you. This is how, this is my priority. I'm going to be starting the day with prayer. I'm going to be starting the day with reading the Bible. I'm going to be starting the day with repenting of my sins. I'm going to be making plans for what can I do for you today, looking for opportunities, like men waiting for their master, so that you know, if he knocks on the door, you don't wait, Lord, I have to get rid of all my sin and let me change my clothes and let me get ready to work. The Lord says, I don't want to come back like that. I want to be able to knock and I want you to open immediately. And blessed are those servants whom when he comes, he will find watching, not asleep, not caught up in the cares and the desires for other things or the cares of the world, not someone who has to lay aside weights and sin that so easily besets, that's been done. That's why I say every year we need to be looking at this and making this assessment. Do I Am I this kind of a person? Or would the Lord have to say to me, you were sound asleep when I came back? And of course, he goes on to talk about, we didn't, I don't, we're not intending to cover that in this podcast, but he talks about how sternly he's going to be rebuking those people who are not doing these things. So as I say, what we're doing is we're just talking about the obligations, responsibilities, expectations, urgencies that God has been asking. And now here again, between the years, as we finish one year and start a new year, we ask ourselves, uh, how have I done? And what am I going to do to do better? And the more we do that, the more, uh, it's just a proven fact. If you set goals, if you have plans, you're going to accomplish things. But if we're just wandering through life without any goals, without any plans, we're not running any race, we're not exercising self-control in all things, we don't have a sense of urgency, we don't have any real sense that I, I need to hurry up and get these things ready because in a great house there are vessels of gold and silver and I want to be one of them. I want to be one of those people who's meet for the master's use and ready for every good work. I want to be, when God has a job to do, I want to be able to look out and say, now, this is one of the people I need. You know, it's kind of like Job when God said, I have no one like him in all the earth. So God's assessing people like this. And he said of David, he's a man after my own heart. And he told Daniel, you're greatly beloved. And Moses was faithful in all my house. Well, put your name in there. What's God going to be able to say about us at the end of our life? And what's God going to be able to say of us at the end of 2024? And maybe more importantly, what's he, what does he have to say about us now? And if we're not happy with what we think that answer might be, then let's repent. Let's lay aside the weights and repent of the sin and put it away. And let's be these people whose waist is girded and lamps are burning and ready to work and ready to do the things that that the Lord wants us to do. And there's no one better than the Apostle Paul as an example of this. And I, I really have always enjoyed reading uh, Philippians chapter 3 because he just lays out so many things. The whole chapter is just excellent. But for our purposes this, this uh, in this podcast, uh, we want to look at verses 12 through 14. And uh, Brian, I'd like you to read that, please. Here it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, you know, Alan, I like how Paul, I mean, you think about all the work that he did for the Lord. Certainly Paul wasn't somebody that would brag about it. In fact, he says here, not that I've already attained. And when you think about how much work he did for the Lord, he was never somebody who we might say was resting on his laurels. He was always concerned that he himself could be disqualified, as he said, right? And therefore, he was always looking for what more could he do. And as long as he was on this earth, he was dedicated to working and doing the work the Lord wanted him to do. Yeah. And he's the perfect example of someone whose loins are girded and who is, his lamps are burning. And when the Lord returns, he's ready to answer the knock. So I press on. I'm always moving beyond, making plans, setting goals. So here we have an opportunity to follow in Paul's footsteps. And it really wouldn't matter if it was the middle of 2024 or the end of 2024. But since we're at the beginning of it, this is a great opportunity for me to look at this verse and ask myself the question, am I like Paul? Matter of fact, he ends this with some very interesting statements. Starting in verse 15, he says, as many of us as are mature have this mind. So we need to have this mind, and, and God will bless us if we have that mind. So what is the mind? Well, verse 13, I forget what lies behind. All right, 2023 is gone. Let's repent and let's move past it. Let's not let the guilt become a weight that keeps us from doing better in 2024. We need to forget what lies behind, the sin, the, the weights, the the problems. Let's forget them. Let's move on. Let's start over. That's what the grace of God gives us the opportunity to do. And then let's stretch forward. Let's see if we can't accomplish more. Let's see if we can't set aside some time and perfect those things. Let's become better at praying and putting in more time at praying. Let's let's truly sit down this year and read the whole Bible through in a year. Just sit down and make that goal. Or let's reach, this year I'm going to talk to these people about the Lord. Or this year I'm going to help this person that I see struggling. Or this year I'm going to and fill in the gap. But reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, you know, even if I've been a Christian for 60 or 70 years and I'm really happy with where I am, this passage says, don't be. Wake up. You've got one more year, 10 more years, take advantage, see if you can't get any further on, press on, reach ahead, and keep working toward reaching that goal. So again, this podcast just, I guess you could say this podcast is a motivational one. This is a a motivation. Here's this wonderful opportunity between the years. We're finishing up one year. We're starting a new year. Let's look back on the old year. Let's look forward to the new year. Let's Let's take some of these scriptures and ask ourselves if we can't do better, if we are doing these things to their full potential, and hopefully we can look back and say, wow, I am really happy with what I accomplished this year, and I'm going to use this as a springboard to try to get even more done next year. 
And that's what we should be doing is building, building and building on. You know, it's like steps. You, pay, you, you take one step, which puts you in a position to take the next step. And that's the upward call. We keep taking steps upward. And so this is, uh, this is the greatest goal and opportunity uh, that we have as, as uh, God's people. Well, and, and certainly when you talk about, you know, God's gift and certainly our, our physical bodies and our talents and our mental ability. But as we're kind of pointing out here, perhaps his greatest gift is that of time. As you said, time to do these kinds of things or, or the beginning of a year. Obviously, we don't have the promise of an entire year, you know, 2024 ahead of us. But we, at least for the moment, we do have, quote unquote, time. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and another thing that uh, we should all be realizing is that God has honored us by allowing us to have a part in all this. He, he doesn't need anything or anyone. He, has, he is completely sufficient with all power and all wisdom and all knowledge, but out of love and out of a true desire to help us uh, to enjoy life as he does, he gives us these opportunities to be successful and he gives us these opportunities to be helpful. God could have built that ark and put all the animals in the ark, but he wanted, he wanted Noah to do it. And he wanted to be able to praise Noah for doing it. And he wanted the opportunity to give Noah this wonderful chance so that throughout all eternity, he can look at God and be thankful to God that God gave him the right to do that work. And all the Old Testament Bible characters and all the New Testament Bible characters, we see the same thing. God puts them in the position. Paul knew, I don't deserve to be here. I persecuted the church. I hated God. I tried to kill Christians. I voted against them. I took away their possessions. I, I don't have the right. And yet, throughout all eternity, Paul's going to be able to thank God that he was able to do all those things, that he was be able to do those things that he was able to do. And now here we are, what, almost 2,000 years later, and God's given us the same opportunity. And I want to be able to look back on my life. I want you to be able to look back on your life and say, I'm so thankful to God that he gave me these opportunities and it's been such a wonderful life to try and accomplish these things. But we don't want to end our lives with, I have wasted my life. I've squandered it. I had all these opportunities. I didn't buy them up. And that's why year by year, we look at these things, we ask ourselves, did I squander any time? Did I waste any opportunities? Is God saying, when by reason of time you ought to be, and filling in the gap there, or the blank? So, uh, again, as we wind down this podcast, I just hope that it's been helpful. The, the main goal, as I say, is just to get each one of us to take a hard look. There's nothing, there's no rebukes here, there's no... You know, we need to be doing better. We need You're not doing this right or that right. No, the goal here is let's try to do more. Let's try to be better. Let's try to get ahead on these things because we only have 70, 80 years. And then it's gone. And I don't want, I want to be able to look back with great joy on how I raised my children and how I took advantage of my youth and, and how I got the opportunities that God has given me and how I use them wisely. And the last verse that we want to talk about in our podcast today is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. And it's a passage that is timeless. And it's so important to what God hopes 
that each one of us will do. And, and Jeff, we'll let you read this last verse. Okay, Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So God is giving us 70 years or 80 years to help him. Once we die, we don't know what the future holds, but this is, this is the time in our lives where we can do things for God that by his own will, he can't do for himself. He gave us the opportunities to do this work. And of course, as, as Mordecai told Esther, if you don't do it, he'll find someone else to do it because it has to be done. But the honor and the glory is that I have this opportunity. Right now in my life, I can do things for God that I'll never be able to do again. And so whatever my hand finds to do, whether it's preaching to the lost or conquering a sin or taking care of my wife and children or being a blessing to my brethren or going and helping someone, as Jesus said, a cup of cold water, you won't lose your reward. But whatever my hand finds to do, diligence and effort and energy and zeal and urgency do it with your might because once we die god will take over and yes he's going to give us some wonderful blessings and i'm sure there'll be work for us to do in the life to come but this is the opportunity we have right now and so we have this wonderful time to reflect on the past prepare and plan for the future set goals and put our lives in perspective and I hope that all of our listeners will take these things to heart because the judgment day is coming and we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, Alan, I you know, certainly appreciate your time and you know the effort you've put in, into the study. And for our audience, the, uh, the very timely reminders, as we've said, you know, forgets what is behind and continuously press forward. Brian, did you have any other thoughts before we wrap it for the day? Yeah, actually, I have some additional resources for our listeners based on what Alan covered. And I'll echo what Jeff said, Alan. I find that these two-part series are so beneficial because to the point you made at the very beginning of part one, it's easy to lose track as we age of where we're at. And it also, if we don't plan on it, can be easy not to assess ourselves and kind of see where we stand. So, So thank you for that. And on our website, biblequestions.org, under the topics menu, we mentioned last time under C for Christian Living, there's a host of articles that talk about Christian living in general. But you can also go to G for Growth, where it talks about spiritually growing, not being a babe, but becoming more mature and what that looks like. So you'll find several articles on our site about that. Under W for Works, you'll see articles around bearing fruit and several articles on good works. And so, you know, take a look at those if once again you want to kind of reinforce what Alan taught in this. And then one final area is under the more section on our website, if you go to study aids, another thing that Alan referenced in our uh, part one was uh, we have several Bible in a year reading plans. And I know, Alan, this is something you've always encouraged, and I appreciate it because, you know, just reading the Bible it can certainly be understood, and it helps to remind us of things that are easy for us to forget as time goes on. So in there, you'll find plans on you know, reading the Bible in chronological order 
or you know reading some of the old and some of the new every day but ultimately over the course of one year you will read through the entire bible thank you for listening to this edition of the bible questions podcast we invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org where you can find over a thousand scripture filled articles on a wide variety of bible topics along with about two dozen free bible study lessons and other bible study aids plus you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at BibleQuestions.org.